Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Inspired Action Life Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Baldridge. And today we are going to continue with our series that I've been highlighting, um, Success Leaves Clues. And the reason I'm doing that is because everybody loves a good success story. And I'm digging up people right and left, <laughs> people who are doing what most of us wish we were doing, or most of us were aspire to do, but we're too afraid to do. And nothing is more motivating than finding someone who says, forget it. I'm doing it. I don't care what the fail rate is. I don't care if anyone says, oh, you're crazy, whatever. This is, um, not about that. This is about people following their guts, following their hearts and saying, I know there's more out there for me. So I just feel like it's super important to highlight or put a spotlight on these people so that all of us know like, hey, we don't have to be so limited in our thinking and so limited in what's possible for us. And it just makes it a little easier when you see regular people doing extraordinary things. So um, today I'm very super excited. I'm going to be kicking off the next season here with somebody that I basically have been following on Instagram and decided that I needed to talk to him. Um, his name is Mark Menard. And some of you may already know him. He has a top 100 podcast on iTunes, um, Elevating Beyond. So some of you may already be subscribed to his podcast, and I hope you are. It's phenomenal, amazing guests, very engaging content. You're going to, you know, not regret any time you spend listening to that because I found it inspiring. He's also a best-selling author, a speaker, and most importantly to him, I would say, would be the fact that he's the founder and CEO of DreamShine, which is an organization that helps develop people with developmental disabilities. He's got a whole campus that caters to them, kind of like a, a camp-like setting, and we're really going to get into that as the uh, interview goes on because I think that's fascinating, and that is also close to my heart as well. So I can't wait to hear about that. But the crazy thing is where he started to where he is now. And this is the reason I'm talking to him today because <laughs> it wasn't like an easy start. Like, oh, my dad had this business and I just jumped right in. And again, that's really great if that is you, but most of us, that's not us. So we kind of have to make our own way, especially when we're trying to be entrepreneurs and things like this. And this guy is killing it out here. And so take some lessons from what he's going to tell you today. Get your notepads ready because I know I am. So if you see me looking down writing, I'm taking notes. So anyway, um, without further ado, I am going to hand the mic over to Mark to tell us his story. Hello, Mark. <laughs> Hello, Karen. Thank you. And to all your awesome listeners, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, it's an honor for us to have you. And I just couldn't wait to talk to you. And you were so kind about agreeing to come on my podcast when here you are a top 100 podcast and I'm random podcast life coach lady. And um, you were cool enough to jump on board with me for now. And I appreciate that. Oh, and absolutely. So I'm I know happy your time to. is valuable. But plus, you have a book coming out. So I know you're doing some stuff behind the scenes with that crazy life. So um, can't wait to talk about that. But before we even get to all your awesomeness from what's going on right now, crazy I life, would love for you to Sorry. start from the beginning of a little bit about your story and your <clears throat> background and how the events of your life unfolded that you decided there has got to be more. There is no way I'm accepting the status quo. So I'm going to let you take it. From sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And um, also earlier too, Karen, when you were mentioning, I, I, it's like, it's great and so important because before I, I was woke up in a jail cell, which <laughs> yes, you want to keep listening to hear where that oh, goes. Listening. But before, before that happened, um, I had that mindset of thinking like people that are like successful must have been born that way or they must inherit the business from their parents or it was given to them which as i've continued to build my own business over the years and and get to know a lot of other business owners pretty much all of them have been self-made and come from all different ethnicities, environments, economics, um, hardships, ups and downs. And even when someone had something handed to them, it 
sometimes there's a whole other level of failure there because the parent has been so successful. They gave their kid everything except what it took to make them successful, which was that drive. So that, that's like always something, just a little side note that I try to like keep in mind too. But, um, yeah. So going back to my story, (laughs) um, kind of to, to sum it up, like after a bunch of stupid things and broken victim mindset, I managed to graduate high school early. I don't know how I had a tip with like a really low GPA. I wasn't even, how did you do that? That's another podcast. Right. Right. I know. (laughs) And, um, I, yeah. And I wasn't planning on going to college. I was always working since I was like 15 and a half. I had my first job at Taco Bell, but <laughs> the bell, I like it. I was always working, but I, I was just hanging and doing stupid stuff, involved in drugs, selling drugs, just living in a trailer with, with uh, two other wow. guys. I think at that time I was a cook at a Harley Davidson diner. Oh my and, uh, God. and a little town called Grand Junction, Colorado. And um, so, yeah, like I just woke up in a jail cell, but at that time I didn't know where I was. And I remember like it was, and I always explain it like this too, because I don't know if I was dead or what, but it was just like blackness and like, boom. And it was like, I just fell into my body. And I just remember like taking like, (gasps) like a gasp of air. Like like the life comes back into you somehow. Boom. Yeah. And then (laughs) I like, when I woke up, I could just feel like the cold cement under me because I was lying on the ground and I just looked over and I saw this guy with this huge beard that was a grown man. And I'm just like, what is, where am I? And then like, Someone opens the door and a real firm voice yells my name. He's like, Mark Menard, step outside. And I realized like kind of groggily walking over, like, I think I'm in a jail. What's going what on here? Yeah. So he sits me down, takes my mug shot. That's like when my face appears on the screen and I'm looking at it and I'm like, who the heck is that? Because that's not me because the face was all beat up. That my um, I found out my later on my left eye socket had been fractured. My jaw was broken, so the picture on the screen was like me, but the whole left side was just a swollen bruise, like the elephant man. Like, who is right. that? I mean, what and I'm still kind of like trying to figure out what's going on while I'm there. Then I realize it's me, and then the freaking pain starts like really oh, yeah. kicking in, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so from him and the witness reports and stuff, I found out that um, I just was so messed up driving, doing all kinds of things, blacking out all the time. And that night I was, they have a, a place called Wiener Dog, Wiener Snitchel in Colorado that's open like 24 hours. <laughs> of course. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I got, I, I, my roommates actually took me home from like in the daytime because I was so like out of my mind and we don't normally like take each other home yeah like laughing and like pouring more shots down my throat and stuff somehow I managed to wake up (laughs) and and and, like crawl to my car and drive I got there and the only memory I do have is like um I was parked at the wiener dog drive-thru like waiting in line to go and there was just this giant pickup truck in front of me and so from the witness reports like i was just 17 and and i apparently i just like passed out at the wheel and so my car just started going and just briskly bumped him because i i couldn't have been like but five feet behind him so my face didn't get smashed in from yeah so what's that story (laughs) so how did the face get mangled from so yeah here's the fun part so this guy that I bumped into was a th- he was 37 years old and had um warrants out for his arrest for assault in other oh. states. Oh good. Okay. And <laughs> he opened good. the door and they said I just like laid there already like what are you doing, man? and and he just had a field day on my face and Oh my 
my god okay yeah. now i wasn't expecting that twist of the story i thought maybe you had gotten in an, a bad right. accident you know oh my right. god right yeah yeah so that like I, I remember I hadn't talked to my parents for a while. They picked me up in jail. My, my mom was crying. Of course, of course she was. In my face. Um, I, I told like my dad just did, wasn't really showing a lot of emotion because I had just put them through so much crap over the years. And, and I had good parents, by the way, Karen, too. I don't, a lot of people I've had on my show and stuff have had way crazier upbringings yeah. than I did. And I, I just kept having this stupid victim mindset, putting myself in these situations. It's so important that the people that you choose to have in that inner circle of yours and through this happening and going through court and all that stuff, the judge, like I, I thought that the judge would have sympathy on me because we had like my, yeah. I brought my pictures in, I had this whole case <laughs> and the judge was like, I don't care that you got that, that you got the living crap beat out of you by this guy because you're lucky you didn't kill someone else. And like the judge just ripped me apart. And, and at the time I didn't realize it, but the judge was right. Yeah. And the judge is like, you keep putting yourself in these stupid situations, stupid wow. stuff will keep happening to you. And you should thank God that you didn't kill someone else or, mm. or run into a minivan with a family in it with all right. these times. Oh my God. Could you imagine? I mean, what right. could have happened? And I never used to think about that. And like, um, and then my blood alcohol was so high that that was another reason they had no sympathy. Um, oh, even I the bet. cop said when he first read the report, he assumed I was either like getting my stomach pumped or dead from alcohol poisoning. So you were that far off the chart. Right. And doing other things with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So like going through that process and really just then having my jaw from it being broken and just, I remember just feeling like so depressed, like such a loser. <laughs> and then I started feeling like scared of, oh my gosh, like what if I, what if I can't control this? And yeah. I, I, at that time, like I was so numb, I didn't care about myself that much, right. but I started thinking, what if I do kill someone else? Like, or what if something else happens and Terrifying. I end up back in jail or prison? Yeah. I mean, cause then I, I was on probation and all this stuff. And like the fear of that got me to really just know that I, I had to change. And I gradually just to kind of fast forward, stopped hanging around the people that I was hanging around with, but it wasn't an overnight Good process. Start. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was like, it was, it was like gradual and I didn't just quit like everything. Like I didn't totally quit drinking. I, I started kind of like transitioning and I do it. My and I was word. like, I don't like this. It's, it's just weird. Like everyone's still the same. And I just started seeing things kind of differently. I read my first book, full book at age 18. I had hey, never read a full late book. Than never. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said, I, I knew how to read. I, obviously, I graduated high school, but I never read a full book. I would just find what I needed to get the answers cliff to the notes. book report. That would be cliff <laughs> right? notes, yes. Yeah. That was before like <laughs> so much internet and stuff now too, where you could probably just- Yeah, you can find anything now. These kids don't have to read any books. Find but whatever, it that's another topic. Book. I don't get me started on that. Just ask Siri, yeah. But anyway, it was Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, which which a lot of people are like, that's not a personal development book. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, at that time, like at that age, it was something that I was interested in, the story, and I really saw like the beauty of the writing, and I was like, realized, wow, I'm at, I can actually read pretty fast when I I'm excited when you're about interested it. Interested in the subject matter, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and from that, it led to me reading other books, and then it eventually led to like even more personal development, like Think and Grow Rich, and, and, and a I lot of that and, book. <laughs> right, right. And I just like got absorbed into reading, and then it made me start thinking, man, maybe I'm not stupid like I thought I was, yeah. and maybe I can go to college. And, um, and that could be a whole other podcast of if, yeah. 
college <laughs> is worth it or not. But, but it for is. me, no, I, and I again, get that. I can stop you right there that that is absolutely so the story, especially depending on where you grow up or like, you know, right. when you grew up, you always think you have a certain idea of yourself and what your abilities are and your, uh, your smarts compared to your other, you know, classmates and whatever. And that right there sets the tone and the pace for where a lot of people end up going and they're like, well, I can't go to college. I'm a terrible student. Actually, you're not a terrible student. You just weren't interested and you weren't engaged. But anyway, like you said, that's another podcast, but it's a fascinating topic in my opinion as a life coach. Move on, going on. Well, no, you're, it's, you're right, Karen. And it's, it's, it's with anything to anyone listening to this with speaking, it's like, well, I can't do that. I'm an introvert. I don't have the confidence. It's a muscle. And I'll talk about that more. You build it. You, you it. can yeah. become extroverted real quick when you need to, when your why is really connected enough to it and you actually care, yeah. you can learn it just like anything else. Um, but anyway, like moving back. So for me, going to college was, was, almost like to show myself I could do that was almost like the next kind of impossible for me at that phase in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I want to do this. I want to show I can just start something and finish it. What and, was your mindset um, there? Like why, why did you decide? Is it just cause you were looking around, like you said, you had already started to distance yourself from kind of the, the riffraff and, and, you know, negative influences. And was there just something inside you that says, no, I, I, I know there is more for me. Or is that kind of what drove you to say, no, I'm going to college. I'm going to do this for me. I want to do this for me. There, there was. And at that time, I didn't have like my whole, and I like to tell people this too, to understand like it's okay to, I wasn't like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to start a company for individuals with special needs. I'm going to have a book. I'm going to be a speak. I didn't even have a clue that all that was coming yeah. down the line. Who'd have for me, it? the next thing was just like, I hate everything about what I'm doing now. And honestly, like I'm so terrified, mm -hmm. like I said, that I'm going to wind up killing someone or dead or yeah, yeah. in prison. And so that just seemed like the next kind of big step for me to do something mm -hmm. and push me out of my comfort zone. Right. And I was getting into reading. And of course the guys in the trailer, when I, I told them that, like they laughed at me and they're call me like a sellout and they're like people like us oh don't go gosh. to college wow that, really that's the like... importance of people exactly so i didn't listen to him and and you know sadly they're i they're both dead now um which is horrible to hear and i didn't i didn't find it out till years later when i wrote my book but oh, wow one of them actually committed suicide um and the other one overdosed so and had, had two little girls um oh my god really sad okay but, those but are it, it goes stories. to show you like them it's so important who you keep having in that circle i would have been number three it's like yeah yeah i mean what the writing on the wall says you know all signs point to that so i mean again i just that very technical detail right there is always part of a story that I, I find fascinating is what made you change when they didn't change? Like, what was it about you? What was your special sauce to say, right. I want better? Because some people just don't want better because they don't know that they can have better, you know? You're right. You know, I, I, I still wonder that too. Like what gives people that? Because they got in, into trouble and they were in and out of jail at times too. And I, I always wonder like, what is the difference that gave me like that extra yeah. push? And I don't know if it was from starting to read that first book. Um, I, I don't preach down people's throats because people have all different things that they believe in and strengthen them. Like for me, I started believing in God and just kind of like seeing a different side of really like the authority, but more of like, you have this power within you yeah. that, Sure. like through Christ, I can do all things or whatever you believe. And I started seeing that more as like a confidence thing and seeing like, wow, if I, if I really believe this, then that means I can do all things. Right. And, and that was something else that would kind of keep pushing me. And even graduating college, I tell everyone like it was much more about perseverance than it was about education. 
So yeah. like, it, well, yeah, it, just it, to it, say I did it. I I, I want right. to to everybody else, whoever all those other people are, but mainly to yourself. But there is always that them. You know what? Right. Are they, I'm going to show them the proverbial them, whoever them is. We never quite know, but it's mainly for ourselves. Once we figure that out, you're a lot better off. <laughs> but yeah. I had an art teacher in high school tell me too. She's like, kids like you should should just drop out of high school. They should have a a thing and play. And and I actually oh enjoyed gosh. art too. So yeah. How in the world her, did you land where you are right now with that? I mean, that's crazy. Right. I, mean, I know. Great. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. But that's you know, horrible. when you hear those things, you can either because they're gonna keep coming. You can either use that energy like to fuel you. Yep. Or drive you or you can sit there and be angry about it all day and i've the done victim, all of them like you said the victim oh yeah i can't do the help. victim yeah so then then after high school i started actually that's what got me out here to ohio where i am now yeah my i'd like to know what how that company. leap happened yeah well my brother had his own tile company um he was about 10 years older than me Mm -hmm. And he had been doing it for a while. So I used to just do labor with him in the summers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, when I'm done with college, I'll just come work with you for a while. So I figure out maybe I'll look kind of go into grad school at OSU or something. Mm -hmm. And I, again, like I, one thing I always had was like that hard work ethic. And I remember working for him and being like, just cause my brother's the owner, I don't want people to think that I'm getting any favors yeah. and so like I'd be doing the labor picking up all the stuff and just like always wanting to work 10 times harder than everyone else like with that sweat equity yeah. but that was the Love first it. time I started thinking like wow I, I could actually own a, a business and I had never thought about that because I saw how my brother had built his yeah. own company from the ground up mm -hmm. I never even like even like consider that as like a thing I guess because I had never like really seen it. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like he's built this up from the ground up and right. him and his partner. And um, then as I, I ended up, I had my BS in psychology and got a job offer working with developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. That's what pulled me into the field of seeing like where there was such a need and how horrible that it was. Yeah. And like after high school that they had no options and they were stuck in like these giant warehouses with fluorescent lights and they could put machine parts together right. or they're like, here's crayons and a piece of paper. You can color all day. And this, yeah. the staff wouldn't like help or do anything. And they just sit there and read magazines all day. And it was really, it was just, I love being in the field, but it was really depressing to see, yeah. Like that was the only option after right. high school for a lot of individuals that need, there's all different levels, but especially for a lot that needed like assistance with, with eating and things like toileting and they can't just be yeah. home alone or totally right. independent. Right. And so assistance, right. Yeah. And then I got in, I did a variety of things in the field, got into special education. Love then it. from there still saw, as my students like went to graduate, we started touring all the workshops and I'm like, man, there has to be something out there that's better. Yeah. And there wasn't. And um, my brother who has been an entrepreneur had just purchased a rundown campground. It's called uh, Autumn Lakes Campground, which I think they got 14 years ago. It's, an, it's amazing now, by the way, if, if, if you go out wow. there, it's in Sunbury. But back then it was nothing and it was just a huge project they were starting and he's like you know if you think of something to do like with developmental disabilities like a camp or whatever you can use one of our buildings out here and and you can pay rent but we'll give you a good price and i'm like okay and i started researching connected with a guy that owned the only other program in the state of ohio that was like near cincinnati on the other end of the state yeah. And that was the first time I saw something. It was on like a ranch. They had horses. It was really awesome. Oh my gosh. And it was like different than my vision a little bit, but it was something like they weren't in these horrible factories. Yeah. And yeah. Like you said, with the fluorescent lights and everyone doing like the same thing and repetitive and whatever. 
Yeah. And, um, and, and to everyone listening, like, feel free to, to reach out and, and risk looking foolish or stupid or whatever you think it may be. I just reached out to the owner and I'm like, hey, I was 24, 25. And I'm just like, I love what you're doing. I'm thinking of starting something like that. He could have hung up on me. He could have, and he's right, like, especially hey. Especially because you're like 24 and he's like, oh, okay, kid. You know, like trying not <laughs> right. to, you know, like really taking you seriously. Really? Okay. You know, <laughs> but I, there's something ordained about that connection. Whatever you were doing there, there was something very ordained about it, you know. Right, and right. And it was kind of even by accident. And he ended up spending like an hour talking on the phone with me. Then I went out there and met with him and saw his whole program and something he told me is he like pulled this huge book out of all the state laws and rules and he's like look overwhelming you're gonna have to go to battle because i was the first one to open up an agency on this side of the state of ohio that like wasn't owned by the state or the county and there's a lot of politics involved yeah. there's a lot with the funding like they want all the funding to go to them because without trying to overcomplicate it you bill kind of like a doctor's office would different types of insurances and Medicaid, Medicare for like the different clients mm -hmm. and the states and the counties controlled the funding and they owned all their own Great. companies. And Great. so even a though- A nice little monopoly for them. I <laughs> even mean, though really? he was like licensed and certified, they had the choice just like you would with like your insurance to pick any doctor in your network yeah, they could choose to go to anyone as long as you're certified and as a licensed agency. Yeah. But what was happening to him is like either the, at the county or state level, they would just flat out lie to families and be like, no, you can't go there. Or they stopped funding him. And he said at one point they owed him almost, I think, $400,000 built up over months and months and months. And he had his sense. house almost going bankrupt, his like had taken a double, double mortgage. He had all the staff on payroll. He was paying out of credit cards and it wasn't legal, um, but he didn't give up and he fought him in court and he won. But oh he's gosh. like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not easy. Like, yeah. There were so many sleepless nights, Mark. And he's like, but, but I'm proof you can do it. And you're going to have to put the time and you're going to have to get to know all these state rules and laws so as I was working full time in the school, that's what I did. I spent like a year learning every Medicaid rule and law, basically becoming like a self-taught lawyer because oh I knew, and I didn't, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm so excited to learn these Medicaid, yeah. but I was. Yeah, Medicaid <laughs> laws. Yeah, I can't wait. That's exactly why I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I mean. <laughs> I mean, could they make that any harder? But it, but even for a second, though, if I can just back up one sure. one thought back is that, you know, when in my favorite, you know, preacher, teacher, and I know I've mentioned to you, T.D. Jakes, he has a series way back when that was called Nothing Just Happens. And that was one of my favorite series that that he did. And so... I could easily transfer that over into your part of the story of what you're telling. Cause you know, you, you get into psychology and oops, you just happen to fall into special, you know, like, um, you know, special needs work and things like this for developmental disabilities. And right. you, what did you go there on purpose? No, you probably didn't, but you fell into it cause it was an opportunity, but you know, darn well, that was ordained. So nothing, yeah, I always nothing say God is orchestrating. And if we can take the time to be present, to look back in our lives and see what our path has been, you will have that aha moment. You will see how the whole picture fits together. And then of course, some of us decide to act on it. And some of us that, you know, did not here you are acting on it. I will let you continue, but that's just a point that I love, love, love is that people need to understand that these things do not happen by accident. This is very, very much orchestrated. It's so true. Did you say from, um, from TD Jakes? Yes. Okay. That's right. You, I love him too. He's, he's yeah. amazing. He's amazing. In just the future, very we'll have him on. Yeah. He's but yeah, no, it's so, it's so true. And, and when you're in the midst of it, like, it's not like the whole thing's mapped out for you, mm -mm, no. but yeah, God is always orchestrating. And a lot of times it's more of like a pulling at your gut. Yeah. And when it won't go away, 
Because yeah. it, it's not just like this dream just drops from the sky and it's like, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. And this it's is more of like this pulling. No. That's way out of your comfort zone. And when yep. it keeps not going away, I'm like, okay, God, like exactly. personally, like that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And yep. I just will have the faith to keep taking action um, as scary as it continues to be. Yep. But, but also the drive from this too, a huge part was just seeing how horrible the situation was. Yeah. And again, like you can complain about it or really take action and do mm -hmm. something about it. Right. And so like now we flash forward, it's, it's been over 13 years. I can't believe it, but we have over 55 um, individuals that we serve at dream shine. As you were mentioning before, like a two and a half acre campus, um, like over 20 people, amazing people on my team. We continue to grow. We've had a wait list. It's, it's been a huge ongoing whole other battle through COVID, which everyone's been going through too, but we've pushed through it like thank god been able to keep everyone on my team on my staff on all their full pay full benefits oh, wow. everything too what a blessing um it's been a lot of work but yeah that is kind of you know to, to help sum it up and, and there was tons in between there too like even getting threatening phone calls from a lady that worked high up at the state <laughs> telling me not to open dream shine um by the For way what I forgot reason? About that. like what <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. These right. are like a marked man. The people that come after you just kills me. I mean, like, what is going on with you? There's something about your spirit that really disrupts them. And they don't, there's just something very disruptive about you. <laughs> it, well, it's crazy. But what I've learned too is those are like, when that happens more and more now, I'm able to be like, oh, thank you, God. That just is another sign that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Because yes, indeed. why would this lady from the state be threatened by at that time? Like I was just turning 26, some 26 year old kid yeah, trying to open up an agency at a campground where I'm like mailing out brochures I made on a computer. <laughs> we don't have one client enrolled. And so one part was like, how did she get my number? What was like kind of, then another part was like, thank you for calling. Don't ever call me again. And that fueled me even more. I'm like, you know, if this, they're that serious about trying to stop me, that like, th that just pushed me. That just oh, lit yeah, the fire even more. more. I mean, I feel like I would be that same way too. Like, oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not, I'm not going to stop because of you. If I'm stopping, it's because I want to stop. Not because I'm being told to stop. Yes. That's okay. right. And, and they're supposed to be like, part of advocating for all agencies and that that's oh, the how other is that thing. helping yeah i mean right man, who who are you protecting here because it doesn't seem like you're protecting the participants that would be able to benefit from the program that i'm trying to start i just it's it's a right. very serious agenda like who are you actually protecting here it doesn't that's the like thing and that's still like i can get angry you can get into the victim mindset and be like the world's unfair it's not yeah. and those things can and will be true but mm -hmm. getting in that mindset never helps so like no it doesn't use that energy to invest it into taking action towards that dream of yours is the key first dwelling on all the other stuff it, it really is i mean i i could go on on victim mindset because that's really the stopper i mean that's really I think, I mean, I don't know, you know, any percentage on that, but I would guess it's at least 80% of why people um, don't pursue things that they should be or want to because they're like, oh, well, so-and-so is going to hold me down. You know, the man is going to keep me in my place or that person told me that I'm not smart. So I guess I'm dumb. And so it's really screw it. You know, it's everyone yeah. else's fault that I'm not doing something, you know, right. Right. And, and it's one other thing I've heard from that said, Karen, too, is um, it's like you have these cards that you're dealt and you can sit there and be like, this hand's unfair. I have the worst hand in the world. <laughs> yes. But the thing is, you don't have any choice but to do the best you can, like with a damn hand that you've been dealt. Yes. And it's yes. like, <laughs> I can complain about this all day or... I can figure out, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. Yes. 
how can I keep moving and like re-strategizing to win in some way, somehow with this hand? Because what other option do you truly have? That that's no, it. Quit. When you look you at quit it and like you that, you blame it on everybody like, else. So that's right. Your it other doesn't option. help. It's still you still have the same hand that you're dealt. And exactly, it's like, but it doesn't change the hands. You know the cards that are in your hand. That's exactly right. It's what you do with the cards in your hand. And I think Mark, you would agree with this. And um, I, I would love to hear your take on this. But like you said before, how things you have to practice things because they're like a muscle. I think courage is a muscle. hundred percent. I've often said that, um, you know, you have to decide to be courageous and go, okay, I got a crappy hand. I mean, I've got like a snow face and it's a euchre hand and this, this hand sucks. I mean, I'm not going to win, but I am going to be able to help my partner win with, you know, this, this low heart that I have, you know, or whatever it is sure. for all you euchre fans out there. I mean, I think changing <laughs> the energy around bad right. luck, you know, or whatever. And don't think of it as bad luck. It's energy that you've brought to yourself. But once you change the energy, it's suddenly you're getting those aces. You're getting those jacks. You're getting things because suddenly you've decided you deserve them and you're waiting for them now. You're waiting to be blessed as opposed to waiting to be hammered. You know, would you agree that that kind of happens? Uh a hundred percent. I say, I agree. I say it and I agree with you. And I courage is so much a muscle mm -hmm. and confidence and everything, any greatness, it, it can be built. And it's not just something that you're born with. And that's what I used to falsely believe too, mm -hmm. because I went through a whole thing of going through like these horrible, like anxiety and panic attacks yeah. and thinking, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? And I used to think, okay, God, like if you put this dream, why isn't it? And to me, it'd be like, well, faith means you got to keep taking action yeah. without knowing what's going to happen. And I used to think like, well, where's, aren't I going to feel courageous first? And it's like, no, no, you got to do it while you're scared out of your mind yes. and you become courageous along the way. And like each little thing that you do, like you said, it's a muscle. Like yeah. when I'm doing something now, I'm able to look back even at, I remember when I thought it would be impossible to go to college and I got mm -hmm. through that. I remember when I thought it would be impossible to start dream shine. And then I had to go in front of the whole state and battle the state and take wow. them to the federal level. And yeah. I got through that. And it's like, if I got through that, then I can get through this. And yeah. It, and it never like the fear part and stuff never totally goes away and yeah. and it shouldn't because it's a weird resistance that mm -hmm. having that and kind of understanding more of what fear is that it's just a feeling and that really it's more of like something that comes when you're going out of your comfort zone right and being like okay like take a deep breath and everyone goes through it and then you keep taking action and that's like where that courage gets built literally like a muscle. And I mean, I think your proof of that, of what, you know, the things you've been able to accomplish and we haven't even hit on, I'd love to just uh, touch on your podcast. And then of course your upcoming book, which is basically a culmination of all of these life lessons that you've had to take the hard knocks on, but now you're telling us how you <laughs> did it and how to navigate through that. Because, you know, a lot of people are a little um, earlier in the process. You're a little later into the process. You've had things throw you off and you're kind of telling us about it. And um, I appreciate that as, you know, I was the late to the party person. You know, I, I wanted to go the safe route and stay in corporate America. And then entrepreneurship, you have to be a beast. I mean, right. you just do. But you, you, but you learn to be too, right, Karen? Like you weren't just, just so like you're saying with a courage muscle, it's like, yep. it's not just exactly only in your blood and you're just like, oh, I never have fear. I'm an entrepreneur. But it's true, like you have to know at the end of the day, no matter what, it's on, it's on you it's on because you. great, you have 5,000 employees and you have this and that, they quit, this happens, someone has a false lawsuit, payrolls due, at the end of the day, you have to make it happen.
Yes, the buck always stops with you. You have to be willing to take that on to another level of courage. Not only trying to see the road that's not built in front of you and just stepping and hoping you don't step off the cliff, but then once you're there, all the other problems that come at you. So it is a very, it's not for the faint of heart to try and do something like this. It is a little easier to just stay in a job that's already ready-made and and I wish I could have been happy there, but I wasn't. So um, I, of course, chose to, you know, put myself through <laughs> all kinds of anxiety to go this route. But it is, it's rewarding because it's acting from the gut. 100%. And that's why I love your story because you have had to buck the system. And, and tell me about um, how did you decide to do your podcast, how long you've been doing it, and sure. like who you bring on as guests and things. Yeah. And, and on the other side of that, yeah, just so great to, to mention that, like the reward, there are rewards are. that you earn and it's mm -hmm. like with your going through battles and you have your scars and you have them as badges of honor and then you reach, reach different levels of success and significant mm -hmm. success. It's still always some ups and downs, yeah. but that's like part of your rewards you get. And that's, mm -hmm. you don't get it without like taking that huge risk. And a lot of people don't see those years and years and years behind yep. the scenes. Mm -hmm. They see someone make it successfully and they're just like, oh, I want what they have. Or, oh, Karen just had it handed to her. It just always had an easy life. And, and they don't see what it really <laughs> takes. Too. And everyone listening, it's good to know yeah. that you're not alone. And, and all of us go through that struggle and that battle. Yeah. That's I like mean, part of earning it. Easy. And so don't quit at the first sign of any kind of, you know, counter resistance that comes at you. I mean, it's not a time to collapse and fall. Be in it to win it and be in it for the long haul. I mean, you have to be committed in order to do this. So yeah, right. I mean, there's a lot of really rich lessons in this. <laughs> and and if you from don't there, have any opposition. And sorry, I keep stopping you and pulling them out, but they're I just feel like they're really important that you Oh no, it's fine. I'm the same way. I, I do the same thing on my show all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm, sorry. Just <laughs> hold, pause that for one second. Sorry. Just pause. Yeah. No, I'm totally, I'm, I keep doing that to my guests. I'm so sorry, but it I think it's me at all. really important because it's stuff that has spoken to me from other podcasters who have paved the way for me. You know what I mean? Like podcast people who I've listened to or entrepreneurship podcasts. And I've learned from all of you saying what you have gone through. So I, I like to highlight those little nuggets of wisdom that can kind of get skated over a little bit if we don't stop. So Bye. yes. And, and I've learned too, that it's, it's not like if, but when you're hit with that opposition, because mm -hmm. if you're never hit with any opposition, I would be more afraid of that because you're doing nothing and, yes. and, you're not going out of that comfort you're not zone, moving. you're not pushing any boundaries. So there's no op oppositions. Like, I don't care about you. You're, you're doing nothing anyway. Yeah, and you're really you're, staying you're not in a that problem. comfort zone. You know? So no, like when that stuff hits you, it's literally because you're doing the right thing and you're Amen. pushing yourself out of there. Amen. That is absolutely right. It's very easy when you do nothing. I mean, you know, nothing's going to happen, change nothing and nothing changes, right? So your life's going to be very smooth sailing. But at the end, what the, what is the fulfillment level? Or if you really sit down and get quiet with yourself, are you really going to feel like I lived my best life? I came in, you know, I feel so right. fulfilled. I needed to feel that. And I know there's right. a lot of other people who need to feel it too, but just don't realize like, they're just skating. And I, I know I was, I was skating. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's part of too, there's even like different levels of your why and what you do. And even with, as uh, whatever you're doing in a business as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. like dream shine, it was the foundation of it all. Mm -hmm. But then I started getting to a point, like I got really involved in leadership and I'm like, crap, I have Love a bunch more team members, leadership isn't, you're not just born a leader either. It's a skill. It's a muscle. You grow it. You get better at it. Yeah. I have, I speak on all the time and I'm like, here's what I did that sucked. Here's how I learned to get better at that. Here's why it's better now. It's not because it just magically happened. Yeah. But, <laughs> and that started to push me out as far as the show goes. Like, um, I, I realized I, ha I had to get better at stuff like leadership, but I went to 
my first like big live event as a business owner and I got around and it was a paid one. I had a bunch of skin in the game Yeah, and I was around a bunch of other, not just in my field. This is important too. Cause I, I used to just be around people like in my field. Mm-hmm. It got me around all these other different business owners, whether they were somewhere in my field, some owned oil companies, some were, oh. had, had a bunch of hair salons, some had it was like a vet that had like different veterinarian clinics. One was a New York times bestselling author. And it, but what was great is they all had this similar, like where I was like core values that they truly cared about what they were doing, what product they were making, how it was helping people. And they cared about like the people on their team and they wanted to be the best versions of themselves at home, like in their company, as as like wives as husbands mm-hmm. like it, they were like I, i'm i'm not showing up enough for my marriage i want to be better that i'm not Love showing it. and it was like they openly shared their struggle and, and as we all connected more and more i found out that people would come and start asking me more questions and like this lady and her husband that own this um, like 500 million dollar year oil company we're like, Mark, how have you been able to do that with the, like this no gossip policy you have? And how is that? And, I'm, and I left there later on thinking like, wait, what? They were asking me for advice? Like, like, I didn't what? think I had like anything. A dystopian situation <laughs> thinking, now, wait a minute, I'm going to you. Like, how are you? Right. you know, million dollar oil company and never. And, and, um, it, and, it may, and being around that too made me see like, wow, like I, I felt this whole other passion of leadership and wanting to connect. And, and that's what started bringing the idea of, Love it. I think I could have a podcast and I want to start having people like sharing their story behind the story of mm-hmm. what they've overcome and just real talk to achieve mm-hmm. those different levels of significant success in their life. But not just in business, like whether I've had NFL players on my show or people that have been actors or I've tons of business owners, but it's always this, like what we're talking about on here, what like the theme is for this whole series that you're doing, those clues that it leaves is you always find those similar things of like different levels of adversity. Some people that you think would be the biggest extroverts are totally introverted yeah and behind the True. scenes one nfl player told me off air like i get nervous before every he's like i'm so nervous for i'm like dude you had a full ride scholarship at ohio state you play for <laughs> what are you professionally this for this like you could jump 20 feet high right like you're nervous and he's like yeah man i don't and and I was like, man, thanks for telling me that because I needed to hear. I'm, yeah, I'm happy so to hear you're not a superhero like after all. Good to know that I'm not a total loser over here. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, completely nervous about everything. And I guess you're human like me. Excellent. Good to Everyone's know. Everyone's overcome. And, and, and he had to work 10 times harder than everyone else to get to where he was. Even though he had a full ride, he was like, he, he played for Trussell and he's like, he'd be there after practice then staying five more hours that's how we got to the nfl by the way because everyone else was already amazing so Mm -hmm. it's the same correlations that we see because i used to falsely think well athletes must just be born with it all it's like nope research kobe bryant the day he was 17 and made it into the nba everyone else went out and partied he went to the gym and practiced Mm-hmm. You practice harder, him and Michael. Yeah, you you hear that same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. And also, you need to be going. You need to be willing to go through terrible on the way to becoming great. It's oh, the yes. only way to do it. And so, yeah. to bring that to the podcast, yeah. like before, it had the top hundred on iTunes or like this the studio you see here now. I did my first episode sitting in my car. <laughs> at Dreamshine with um just a, a headpiece in yeah. and my iPhone and the and it was raining and the audio yeah. sounded like crap. 
I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. All the risks. And I shared my story. Yeah, I know. I've been there. I've done that. <laughs> done that. Because when you have kids, you have to get out of your house because you, you have no guarantee that you know, it's going to be quiet, <laughs> you know, right. the only time you can guarantee it is when you're in a car alone. Other than that, anything could happen. A pet, a kid, anything can be banging on your door any moment. And I know that every time. So That's I get right. it. I've been there. Still and I, there. And I, I was at Dreamshine where my company is and I had my office there, but there's always, and, and then part of me felt like, I don't want people to know I'm doing this. And I had this, this false, like, I'm cheating on my company Dreamshine because I'm doing it. And it's so yeah. stupid, but these things come in your head because no, truly I... they're all interconnected. It's like you have a win here, it connects to here. It's like people that are on my team, if I, you as a leader, like keep elevating, like everyone can only rise as much. You're like the lid on your organization, as John yes. Maxwell would say. But I had no idea what I was doing. I figured out like it, but it got me to share my whole jail, jail story yeah. on the first episode. <laughs> that's a which huge then story, led me to write though. my I mean, first that's book. That's a huge deal. Because again, if you can make it from a jail cell at 17, then, you know, all these other people use the excuses to hide behind that are a lot less, you know, um, dramatic than your story. And they're still sitting there in the starting block and you've already ran like six, 16 miles. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, again, it's just highlighting the, you know, the inequity of life. We always hear, oh, well, they've got more privilege and they don't have this much and they have, but it, it's kind of what you decide to do with what you have at the moment and then right. sort of change the mindset. It, it becomes a mindset situation. hundred percent. And then like with the first, first book, I, I had the story of you. It was such a learning process and a whole other behind the scenes and how that got made into a book and then got published. And then I, I through a person, a guest I had on my show, who's a New York Times bestselling author, um, Dan Miller of 48 Days to the Work You Love, amazing oh, guy, wow. ends up writing the foreword to my book. Oh my God. Because I met him through having him on the show. Like as I was starting it, I wasn't That's like, awesome. I'm going to meet this New York Times bestselling author and he's going to yeah. write the foreword. Again, like, you just you manifested that it. action. You manifested it. You decided to put your mind on it and then you change the energy. It, it Sometimes it's kind of, that's where it all starts. I mean, you decide what you want and then you put your energy towards it and say, okay, somehow, some way I'm making this happen because I feel it in here. And what I will tell some of my clients and then let's talk about your book because this is going long and I know you got things to do. Um, <laughs> is, you know, you, you know, you want, you follow what's in your heart because like I wouldn't have wanted to be a, a lacrosse player because it was never in my heart or in my purpose to ever be a lacrosse player. So like, I don't feel sad that I'm not a lacrosse player because it's not something that I sought out. So what is it that you seek out in that, that you really want? And that's the first clue as to what maybe you should be doing in your life, you know, possibly either as a creative outlet or to monetize it into a career for yourself, but really follow what's in your heart already because it's already there. Everything that you want is your goals, your desires are already put there anyway. So kind of listen or take stock of what's there already and, and then start the steps to follow that. I don't know. That's kind of um, a starting spot for some of the clients who feel stuck, you know, who don't know where right. to go or what they want, what will make them happy. You know, that's a starting point. So you doing that is just another example. You following what's in your heart and what's in your gut. So with all of the wisdom that you've collected, probably through the people that you've learned about on your podcast, through your own life, through all of your knocks coming through, you know, starting your own business and everything. I love, um, I saw a couple chapters preview of your book that's going to be coming out. When it, tell us a little bit about this book, when it's going to come out officially for everybody to uh, seek out. And let's talk about that before we wrap up. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. And, and what you were just saying too, for, for all your clients, everyone, it's like, start, just start doing and you'll, and you'll keep figuring out the how along the way. And it's like, first you climb the hill, 
and then you can see a little further then you get your rewards like you climb a bigger hill and you can, mm-hmm. then a, a bigger mountain then then you'll tumble backwards down it and you have to start <laughs> but you keep going and, and and the thing that people falsely assume is they look at where some people can be after they've like summited this mountain they think well they must have had it all figured out and it's like, no, I'm the first to openly be like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing half. I'm still figuring yes. new things out along the way. Like with speaking, okay. I would be terrified of speaking mm-hmm. at first. I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is, but again, like God's like, I, it's not about you. Like yes, it's about, not about you. Who, who's going to get help. Like you don't get to give up. Who's, who's uh, I'm just like, come on, pick exactly. someone else. He's using <laughs> you. He's like, get up. Just like, you know, the. Jonah and the whale, Jonah's trying to run the other way and he just has a big old whale swallow him up and spit him over onto Tarshish, you know, just throw him up over there <laughs> because he's like, no, I got a job and you're going to do it. Whether you think you're going to or not, you are. So that's right. <laughs> and I still get, you. and people will be like, well, you don't get nervous. I'm like, I felt like I was going to throw up back. St- I've done this hundreds of times. I just felt like I was going to puke before I got it. I'll tell them. And they're like, I'm I'm serious, but I just have to remember my why and that it's bigger than me and just keep going. There's times I've done events and screwed up and I'm like, man, all right, how do I learn from that? How do I make it better? And and that's just, you gotta, you gotta get, you know, like Tyson said, everyone, what does he say? It's, it's always fun until you get punched in the face. Until you get punched. (laughs) And um, it's a lot easier to judge from outside the arena too, when you're in the audience versus literally being the one down there getting punched in the face. Yeah, taking the blow. Because you'll get KO'd and you'll give KOs. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to be like, oh, you sucked it. It's like, try being in there and getting those punches. Yeah, yeah. See what that <laughs> feels like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the so my book, um, 16 Reasons Why Your Business Sucks, I'm actually... I love that. Yeah, please show video. that. Thank you. you. Oh, I love it. And that title is hilarious. <laughs> oh, sucks. And it's um, the <laughs> subtitles, how to be freaking awesome at every level of your business, leadership, profits, and build your own dream team. Oh my and, gosh. Um, this is like a guidebook. Out. Let's do this. <laughs> I can't wait. It's totally for you. Yeah, it's, it's, um, so it's for like pre-order now on Amazon. If you just look it up, it's there. It's officially releasing September 8th. Okay. And it's, it's been three years in the making, really 13 plus years in the making. And it's, it's literally everything that I, and I talk about, and I, that's why I try not to make it boring. Like you'll hear the word freaking 3000 times yeah, in it, just the way it. I'm talking now, but there's a Very section back. on finances. There's a, yeah. a dealing with conflict, drama, so just everything. Like even one on, on perseverance. Cause I feel like that's not even, it's like they give you this whole thing and they don't talk about here's how to build that perseverance muscle. And I just mm-hmm. share a personal story with each one. Here's how I sucked. Here's how I overcome like, <laughs> oh, actually, I from real life experience. And here's what you can do. Cause um, there's great things out there, but we see a lot this day and age too, where people are like, buy my book and, you know, make six figures in 30 days or something. Yeah. It's like, ugh, uh, you're not helping people. It's a little too easy. This isn't real. <laughs> I think those of us who are already out there know that's not true. Right. <laughs> You know, this is now granted there's things we could learn to, you know, to get better at all these, you know, different hats that we have to wear and whatnot. But, but yeah, I think most people who are already out in the terrain understand that, no, we, there's knocks you take. God knows there's a lot of them. Yes. You know? So I like that you're real, you're authentic. I like that you say freaking awesome in that book all the time and that you <laughs> suck. And I love that. <laughs> it's because... <laughs> Nobody says it like that. Nobody just, you know, they try to be very, you know, oh, well, you know, and, and put all these charts and graphs and well, that's nice. And I, and I right. do like the science of it. I do. I'm kind of a data girl, kind of, sure. but then I'm an art. It's an art and a science and, and this building a business is an art and a science. And like you said, it brings in leadership, which is a huge, 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 huge deal. Oh my God. Talk um, about now. And, and courage and that's the biggest one in my opinion courage is the bigger 
is the biggest thing for me because the knowledge will they go hand in hand you. courage and leadership and, and that's the core of it it's like the tagline on the back says until you learn to master leadership you'll never be successful as an entrepreneur especially in the long run yeah. and talk about now like the times we're going through mm-hmm. leadership is needed more than ever and it's like you can be an entrepreneur you can have the ideas you can be creative you can build something amazing mm-hmm. but when once you truly learn and it's like a muscle these leadership mm-hmm. skills that you build that's when you're able to just like take things to a whole new possibility yeah. that i never even knew was possible and i share so many it's it's just it's amazing because i never knew stories of people on my team that they'd be sharing how being part of the team and the culture and learning through the leadership, like help them in their marriage. I never saw that part of being like an entrepreneur. I'm like, whoa, Ah. like that's a whole other level of your why. It is, but it really does have interplay. It's because it's, you know, it's, it's at the core of you. It's at the core of how you um, live your life and your values and your awareness, your self-awareness. And I know you touch on that big time in the book is self-awareness. And I think that is the starting point of, of all relationship yeah. building and connection is having some yes. self-awareness, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a great read. I've already been flipping through all of the, the chapters as a little pre-read that you treated me to a few of those things that I was able to see. And, and it's a fast read. It's a good read. It's entertaining. Um, I like that you're anecdotal. I like that you throw your own stories in there to kind of, you know, put action into what your words are saying, okay, like this situation, I had this and you're not afraid to say when, you know, things blew up on you and, you know, you had to, you know, go away with your tail between your legs, but you had to learn, but it's now we're benefiting from right. your hardships, you know, not, no offense, but we <laughs> no, are no, that's um, what I wanted put it, it to out be. there, but we learn from what <laughs> has happened to you of what not to do. I always will say that, you know, that's kind of the best thing is watching people ahead of you. I know I have older sisters. And so when they were parents, I would watch what they did and then go, okay, no, I'm never doing that. You know what I mean? So from what's ahead of me so that I won't make those same mistakes or fall, you know, have pitfalls, like maybe they had to, you know, struggle through. Well, I feel like that's becomes the next level of the responsibility is like, you've gotten here now share that wisdom to be able to give back and help. And I'm always looking back. Like my first book was like writing to the younger me at at 17, what I wish (laughs) I would have had someone tell me. And then this is like having your business and your company. And I want people reading it to be a level higher than where I am quicker from like being able to do these things and Oh crap! That was stupid that you did there, Mark. I'll make sure not to do it that way. Yeah, and, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and the, and those exactly. things you don't even know about till they happen a lot of the time too. So. Oh, it's so true. I mean, again, <laughs> you just can't even uh, understand what's coming at you. And then when you read some of these other books, you'll go, "Oh my God, I never thought about that. I was just about to make the same, you know, right. um, decision." And so I, yours is kind of cool, like that, where it's a fast read. It's easy but it's extremely raw and relatable. And that's what I think is really going to be a, a huge connection for um, anybody listening who is in this game along with you, where we you know, decided we need something different. And, and again, it's not just about entrepreneurship because it's how to be the best at what you do. Right. That I always call intrapreneurship, even at a, at a corporate job. You know, how do you get to that place in your corporate job where you totally. feel fulfilled, where you feel like you're doing your life's work? You're doing what you were supposed to be doing on this earth and you're doing it the best you can. You know, that's fulfilling in and of itself. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I need to get a clip of that recording and add that to the, <laughs> to the book. You just nailed it. But no, it's, it's so true. And um, it is. There's so many different levels of it and just mm-hmm. learning through it. And at one point, it was 265 pages, by the way. The fact <laughs> that it ended up at 118, was, it's way harder to make it shorter and we went through all these develop that's for the three year and and it was way i'm like no we want to and it's like wait the more we can quickly like give them what they need get the principle 
try to trim this out. It was actually harder, a lot harder to That's do that. Very hard I'm to do. I'm great at rambling on and on, and I can do audio and have it trans and like. I'm let's a just rambler. Look how long we're talking right here. I'm a rambler. <laughs> I, I do too. I mean, you know, I cover all the details. I get all nuanced with everything. So I'm a rambler, and when I write, I am an overwriter. That's right. Sure. That's where you need it. That's where a team helps. You yeah, all work with yes, each other. Exactly. And- <laughs> never been good at the editing part i'm always just like a brain dump so, right. so i can see that that's probably where you started you're just brain dumping for our benefit and <clears throat> totally appreciate that because you're kind of blazing the trail for some of us out here and wanting to do a lot of the same things that you're doing but you're just like so far out ahead of us so i appreciate that you're willing to uh, teach us and and tell us the pitfalls and and share what works and what doesn't work and you're you're giving back and that's going to come back towards you again because that energy of giving you give you get what you give so you know you're going to have that great energy coming back towards you and i'm very pleased to to oh thank you knowing how god works and how the universe works that's how it works so so again and you agreeing to come on my podcast today and sharing your story is huge for me so thank you so much like i said i'm going to be taking copious notes and by the way everyone i'm going to be writing out um our big ideas and our big takeaways in the show notes just so you kind of have like the quotable quotes and the things that i know are are big chunks of uh wisdom that will probably resonate with you too so I will make sure to order all of that together so you can look. And please, by all means, you will thank yourself for seeking out this book that he's about to, uh, to launch in, in sept- <clears throat> September. It's on pre-order right now. Could you tell us one more time where to find you and where to find your book, please, before we wrap this up? Oh, sure. It, it's on Amazon. The easiest way, just um, my name, Mark, mm-hmm. M-A-R-K, Menard, M-I-N-A-R-D.net. And I just have everything there on my webpage, all my social media, all that good stuff, the book, every, the podcast, I have it all in one place now. So that's the easiest way to do it. Kept it streamlined. (laughs) Good. Well, I appreciate that. And again, of course, I will put that in the show notes as well and any links to that to uh, get this party started. And uh, thank you so much. And I know that you're still recording the book. So I have overstayed my welcome on this podcast with you. So um, thank you so much for giving it the time. And I wish you the best of luck with this book. It's going to be huge for a lot of people like me. And, um, and for the rest of your career and everything you are doing and going to be doing that you don't even know you're going to be doing, I wish you the best of luck with all of that. And thank you again for being kind to come on here. Oh, thank you, Karen, and all the amazing listeners. It's been an honor. <laughs> all right, great. Well, then I'll probably be crossing paths with you again here. So maybe we'll do a part two, even though this has been a long part one, once the book gets going and we'll see what unfolds from there. All right. Sounds awesome. Okay. Well, thanks again, Mark, and have a great rest of your day. Okay. You too. Thanks.